Awesome. Welcome to the Buck Stops here, the official podcast of NotInHallOfFame.com, and I'm your host, Kirk Buckner. The Buck, the owner and the operator of NotInHallOfFame.com, and Sister Sites, the fictitious athlete Hall of Fame and the fictitious rock and roll Hall of Fame. It's the Hall of Fame show, season one, episode 21. Uh, looks like you might get renewed. Love it. Uh, we didn't think there was going to be that much to talk about. We had something planned, Evan Nolan and I did. We were going to look at the, at the retired numbers that haven't happened yet and really shouldn't sports. Probably going to get to it, but it turned out to be a busy week. Uh, some unfortunate passings in basketball, Jerry Sloan and Eddie Sutton. So we looked at their careers. Uh, we also looked at the St. Louis Cardinals and their Hall of Fame. They've just announced three new members. And Canada Sports Hall of Fame, which is a perfect tie-in for that major project that Evan and I are working on. So without further ado, here's Evan Nolan. Evan, how are you doing today? Doing all right. How are you, sir? Uh, pretty good. Pretty good. A uh, bit of good news here in Barbados. They're really, we're lifting a lot of the uh, restrictions here uh, as of Monday. Restaurants will now be open uh, we can go to the beach pretty much the, the entire time, and we've kept uh, our cases under 100. So uh, as much as we don't make this a political broad, uh, broadcast, I'm raising my old brigand rum and coke to the prime minister here, uh, Mia Motley. She has done a fantastic job. Well, good for you guys. We, uh, we have uh, cases rising in like 26 states, though. So good. We open too soon. Um, yeah, well, good, good. I'm glad to hear that. Um, and you'll be able in like two weeks to enjoy, uh, at least two games of the, uh, English Premier League. So I've been watching the Bundesliga to sort of keep, and I've been enjoying it. Yeah. The EPL is going to have their first games on the 17th of June and they're doing, uh, they're doing the, there are two, there are four teams that have only played uh, 28 games while everyone else has played 29. Um, and so those teams are matching off. I think it's Man City and Arsenal, which is a good game in itself, but the other game is way more important. It's, I think, Sheffield United, Aston Villa? I think it's Villa. And if Sheffield United wins that game and then they have to cancel the season, Sheffield United gets a Champions League spot. And if Aston Villa wins that game and they have to cancel the season, Aston Villa is no longer in the bottom three in the in the in the uh, the table. And, and that's on that's the seventeenth. That's a. Well, I'm sorry. And that's on the seventeenth. That's on the seventeenth. Yeah. So at least those two games are going to happen, and we'll see what happens after that. I think they're they're doing those two games so that they have an even season. And then they can be like, "Well, here's the situation: we have to cancel the rest of the year. These teams are going down. These teams are staying up." So there's some pretty big. Those are that one game, Sheffield United, and uh, I'm pretty sure it's Villa. Are uh, are is a massive game that even though they their names aren't quite as big over here uh, as they are over in England, particularly Sheffield United. When was the so, last time Aston Villa was relegated? I wonder because they've always seemed to be uh, that sort of like that second half of the Premier table forever, or just feels that. Yeah, they, well, they got they got relegated I don't know five or six years ago, and then were in the doldrums and just came back up and they've been plodding along for a couple of years now and they're back down towards the bottom. Um, so yeah, they, they, they were, they were a team, they're on the never relegated list up until maybe 2015. Okay. All right. So and then partly then right. it, 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 it's been, it's been a little, a little bit of a downtime for Aston Villa. Hold on. Let me just see club promotion history. So I was, a, I was an anticipating that I should have, 
Um, let's see. Anyway, so while we're looking that up, how's uh, how are you? So you are celebrating with rum, which is good news. I am. It I guess feels so level. good. Uh, so, so that's good. No, so yeah, twenty fifteen, twenty sixteen, they finished in last place. Oh, and then they okay. were promoted. They're promoted actually just last year. Okay, so they've only been up for one year. Mm-hmm. This is uh, twenty. 18-19, they won the playoff. Um, the championship playoffs came up here. So, and now they're way down again. Mm. So, anyway. But yeah, I'm glad, I'm glad you are uh, enjoying the rum. I will say that uh, they are, while well, that is going on, I officially am going to finish no worse than anyone else in the Boston Marathon this year because they <laughs> actually uh, they had postponed it. They actually canceled it. So without even training, I'm still number one, and in in, in even entering, I'm still number one. You know, though, I, I, the, I, I, do, they're doing. I do want to point out, though, based on your American League East logic uh, and how the Jays are sort of last place, in the Boston Marathon, I've actually finished ahead of you, uh, Buckner over Nolan. Ooh. But Evan comes before Kirk, so I'm not quite sure. It depends which way they do it. What's the, what's the middle initial? It's P, as in Peter. Ah, I went with G, two to one. Ah. <laughs> anyway. Every time I try to think I'm clever, huh? All right, no. I deserve that. So uh, we had something prepped initially, but uh, I guess that can be pushed off for another week. Uh, the the numbers yeah. of retired number or the retired numbers, rather, that don't exist that should – uh, because it turned out to be a pretty busy week. Uh, I don't want to start off with the deaths, though, today. I, I, it's we'll, put, we'll sandwich that in the middle. I, I think uh, maybe just with a little bit of the world situation, I want to start off with something fun. What do you think? Sure. Where are we uh, going to St. Louis? Yes, absolutely. Uh, St. Louis Cardinals uh, Hall of Fame. And m- before I sort of get into who was elected... Uh, do you think that when they put this together, they looked at the Patriots uh, Hall of Fame as a model? Because there's a lot of similarities. Yeah, they. I. I. It wouldn't surprise you if that's what they did. Because I mean, they have more than one player going in. But other than that, it's it's pretty similar. It seems uh, they just have more people up and more people who can vote in. Um, so I mean, they had who was it? It was Steve Carlton, uh, Keith Hernandez, Tommy Herr. Um. Uh, who else was in there? I'm sorry, my computer froze for a second. Edgar Renteria, Will, uh, Lee Smith, John Tudor, and I'm missing one, Morris. Uh, like I think Morris's first name. Oh, uh, Matt Morris. Matt Morris. Thank you. I had all I had was Jack Morris in my head, and I knew that was wrong. <laughs> um. Yeah. So those were the seven you could vote for, and two of them ended up getting in. Yeah. Uh, before we sort of look at the the two that did, uh, I want to talk about Bill White. Uh, who was elected via mm, oh, yeah. the red, yeah the red ribbon panel? Uh, so I want I want to read off here a quote here because I didn't even realize he was still alive and he is he's eighty six and he wow. w- he won't be attending the ceremony uh, just due to I guess health concerns but in, in an interview with uh, C- uh, STL today or CNL today however they they pronounce that dot com uh, just listen to the the humble nature of him. Uh, of what he said. My honest feeling is I shouldn't be in. There are guys who have done a hell of a lot more than I did. I don't have the stats to be in. I didn't play long enough, didn't get enough base hits, didn't drive enough runs, didn't hit enough home runs, whatever. But I'm content with what I've done in my life. 
Like, How humble is that? And he's the best player of the three to get in, in my opinion. Yeah, by far. No, I, I don't think that's even close. I'm not sure exactly whether the fans made the correct choices and who they elected, but the Red Ribbon panel made the absolute best choice for who they've got. And it's kind of amazing that he wasn't in already. Mm-hmm. No, I mean, he's a world, world Series champion, seven-time Gold Glove winner, eight-time All-Star. I mean, there aren't that many guys like that who aren't in teams, Rings of Honor, Hall of Fame out there. Right. They just aren't. And stat-wise, he's more than qualified, actually more than some of the ones who've been, who've been up. So I, 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 mm-hmm. I appreciate the humility, but Mr. White, please toot your, your horn a bit. And if you won't, Evan and I are going to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And there was a reason yeah, why uh, – well, yeah, I mean that's why I wanted to bring his name up first. Uh, and also when I posted the article, it was his picture I put up. And, and I also want to point out one other thing that's outside of the Cardinals Hall of Fame, but I think is also more important because we brought this up last week um, uh, when you're we talking about uh, the former chairman Andrew Yankee, Bob Watson. Sorry, mm-hmm. it takes me a second sometimes. Uh, but yeah, but Bob Watson, we were wondering if he was the first African-American general manager. We found out he wasn't. Bill White was the first uh, African-American ever to hide, hold the highest. Uh, he, held up, he was the first African-American ever to be NL president. So he's the first African-American ever to his extent, uh, go that high in sports at that point when he replaced Bart Giamatti in 1989 when Jack Giamatti became commissioner, uh, which is uh, just a whole other level of how he's not wasn't in the Cardinals Hall of Fame already, I don't understand. Yeah, I'm just reading here, too. I wonder, like, sometimes I, I don't believe everything I see on Wikipedia. First African-American to broadcast a National Hockey League game when he called some Flyers games? Is that true? That's awesome. That I have, that I have no idea. I didn't, that I didn't even know. I, I just knew he had been the uh, National League, or the first National League mm-hmm. uh, uh, commissioner or whatever, uh, or head of the National League. But, yeah, it's wow. If that's true, too, that's pretty fantastic. Mm-hmm. He also hit. A, he also hit a home run in his first at bat in the majors, and hit for the cycle. There aren't that many people who've done both those things either. Uh, you know what I miss about baseball is uh, the triple. <laughs> triples, triples, and inside the park home runs are actually the most exciting places in baseball. Absolutely, they're just incredible. I, well, that and, uh, I will always uh, miss the complete game, and I'm really aging myself here. But, uh, you know, when, when a pitcher goes out, does five innings, uh, allows uh, two runs, four hits, and uh, he's leaving the game tied, and that's worth a standing ovation. All right, I'm, I'm sort of, I'm the old man yelling at clouds right now, but <laughs> it's, yeah, it's, it's, it seems yeah. kind of weird to me, but no. uh, I digress. Yeah, that was, not, yeah, that was, uh, that's very much a thing of the past. There are going to be, there going to be very few of those. I mean, if you have three complete games in a season at this point, you're probably the Iron Man of the league. No, absolutely. You uh, may be the Iron Man of the decade. <laughs> yeah, yeah, those days are definitely done. So uh, congratulations to Bill White. And again, he won't mm-hmm. be in attendance, but uh, I'll, I'll definitely be doing another article when that happens because I, th- I think he deserves a little bit more hoopla than he's getting. Uh, the two of the guys who got in uh, were Tom Herr and John Tudor. Uh, I voted for Keith Hernandez. That was my lone vote, actually, that I did. Uh, did you uh, vote mm-hmm. for this one? And if you didn't, who would you have voted yeah, for? Yeah, I voted. 
I did. I, I voted for uh, Lee Smith and uh, Keith Hernandez. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and those are so. Right. Uh, and I was going to say, like uh, Tom Hurd doesn't surprise me. His longevity uh, was certainly there. Uh, a m- member of a World Series team, uh, John Tudor, like yeah, you know, one really good year. That's about it to me, unless I'm missing something. No, I mean he won twenty. He won twenty one games in uh, nineteen eighty five for that team that went, made the pennant and then had possibly the worst call in the World Series uh, when the Royals ended up winning. Um, uh, but I mean, other than that, he was he's twenty one and he had twenty one wins that season, sixty two total. So he had forty one more wins over five more seasons or four more seasons with the team. So about 10 a year. Um, yeah, I mean that, that was the one that one was a little surprising. Her, you know, is part of the double play tandem with Aussie Smith and was on the 85 and 87 teams, 85 team made the world series, 87 team made the playoffs. Um, so I, I understand that it's, that's the guy who was on the team for almost a decade and was part of the beloved double play tandem with Smith. So that one didn't surprise me so much, but yeah, I agree that the fact Tudor was the second one was a little bit surprising. Yeah. I'm not even sure that Tudor is uh, even ballot worthy to be honest, but, uh, so be it. Uh, congratulations to them both. And uh, it does sort of like, a, it did make me think about what we're sort of planning to do with the U S uh, athlete hall of fame. And I'll go into this question now. I was going to save that for later, but uh, my show, I can do it. Okay. I can do this now. Cause yeah, I I, exactly. Uh, I, thought, I thought we were going to end with that, but no, we can do it now. Let's go for it. Well, what do you got? Yeah. Well, just, just this one question. Cause I, I, I've got the rest that I'm going to save up for the Canada sports hall of fame bit. But for this particular one, uh, they've got the sort of like the red ribbon committee and sort of the newer, the newer committee again, modeling after the Patriots, which Kind of, we're going to be mm-hmm. doing a lot of the same thing too. Uh, do we sort of go with an older category, or do we wait a few years and then separate it by uh, eras? I think we have to wait a few years and then separate it. Because um, I was, I was thinking about this today. If I had my choice to put one athlete in, like, you're, like you did when we started the fictitious athlete hall of fame. Mm-hmm. You just put Rocky Marciano in because there was no point debating oh, it. Oh, Rocky I mean, Balboa. There's a lot more competition. I'm sorry, Rocky Balboa, not Rocky Marciano. My Boston is showing. Um, Rocky Balboa in because there's no, there no point in debating it. Um, I, I was thinking if I could just put one athlete in, who would it be? And mm-hmm. I came up with an athlete from, I, I'm pretty sure my athlete's Jim Thorpe is my one guy I put in who was last active in like 1912 or something crazy. It's a great one. Uh, but is, but is, was a champion. I mean, one of the best football players ever, one of the best uh, baseball players ever. It was the fastest man at the world. Won championships in billiards competitions, won championships in ballroom dancing competitions, like all were running in terrible, shoes and everything else and coming from basically nowhere. Uh, I kind of feel like Thorpe is my guy over even more important air people technically in terms of race relations, like Muhammad Ali or Jackie Robinson, or even Jesse Owens, uh, Bill Russell, people like that. I kind of think Thorpe's my guy and he is 19. I mean, he's the first 20 years in the 1900s. 
Um, so he would technically go on that committee, but I think he just has to go in originally. I think we should just do that originally and then divide it later. It's not a bad idea. Uh, and he's also got a city, Jim Thorpe, Pennsylvania. And, and hey, that only happens to 1950s game shows normally. The truth or, truth or consequences, New Mexico. That is true. Hometown of Cactus Jack. Yeah, they, they changed the name as a like joke, and then it was like, no, nah, this was a good name, and kept it. <laughs> Why not? Why not? Love New Mexico. No, no but, but I, I, think that, I think that's a good point. I think maybe first five-ish years you do it, it should just be everybody, and then you can divide it up. Yeah, and then sort of like, like maybe right some wrongs, if that makes any sense. Because Jim Thorpe is definitely worthy of being first ballot, but I could see him falling through the cracks. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, because everyone's going to go with Ali, and you can make the arguments for Jesse Owens. You make the arguments for uh, Babe Ruth. Like, I'm just trying to think of people the first half of last century. Ali is later, I know. But um, I just think he might be someone who who falls through, who I would pretty much advocate for. And I don't want to, I mean, where, the other question is, where would you draw the line? Like pre-1950, post-1950? Because if you're doing that, then you still have so many people on the other side of that line with Ruth and Garrett, just thinking baseball even, and then Joe Lewis. And well, I, I think if I we set up, Owens, if we set like up an guys. age, if we set, set an age uh, sort of like, let's say, you qualify once you turn 40, 45, or 50. One of those three, I think, is the right answer. I, I, I don't know which yet, and we can, we've can we got plenty of time to discuss that and figure it out. But I think mm-hmm. it would be a floating, like a moving goalpost. Mm. So you qualify when you're 50 and you hit the seniors when you turn 100? <laughs> well, something to that effect, yes. Interesting. So Just a thought. I mean, the, the, obviously... Obviously, yeah, okay. this is very embryonic, but and moving from the embryo to the death, huh? Oh, well, that was that was uh, forced. That was inspired in stretch. But go ahead. It was, <laughs> but yeah, there, there's a couple of passings, and it, it's it's kind of funny. Like we, it seems like this always happens, right? We say there's not going to be that much to talk about. And then within a couple days, uh, two very important passings in the world of basketball occurred. Uh, Jerry Sloan and Eddie Sutton. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, with uh, with Jerry Sloan, I was actually look, looking more at his, uh, his playing career. I, I knew he, he was a player for a long time with the Bulls. I didn't realize though before he was a, t- he was a two-time All-Star. Yeah, he, he was an original Bull. He played one year at the Baltimore Bullets and then got drafted in the expansion draft. Um, yeah, he uh, he is uh, has numbers retired in three different places. He had number four retired by the Bulls, number 1,223, which I believe is number of wins, retired by the Utah Jazz. And his number 52 jersey is retired by the Evansville Purple Aces. Um from his uh, from his college career, uh, but yeah, I mean, one of the toughest players ever to play basketball, uh, certainly, and one of the toughest no nonsense coaches ever in the history of basketball. One of the, I think the last guys who could get away with being a no nonsense coach because you can't really get away with that anymore. It, it's mm-hmm. more of a players' league, and which 
you know, for good or bad. I, I think for, for good for the most part. But uh, and, and he was sort of forced out at the end. But regardless, one of the most uh, beloved coaches or what respected, I think, might be a better word than beloved. I think in uh, basketball history. Yeah. Agreed. And I, I will have to say this. So, like, I think the last no-nonsense coach out there is Popovich. Um, but I think in order to be a no-nonsense coach, you need to have a superstar who is willing to be coached that way. Right. Uh, I, always, I always question, you can talk about how fantastic Belichick was, but is Belichick going to be that fantastic if Brady doesn't buy in the whole time? Like if Brady's a problem child in any way, shape, or form, and, and, and goes against it, what does that do? Because if the, if your best player is is falling in line, then nobody else can complain. Popovich had that with Duncan, who just doesn't seem like he knows what the word complain means, mm-hmm. uh, other than to refs. That's all he did <laughs> a lot of times, to refs. Um, and, but the same thing with Sloan. Sloan had both uh, Stockton and Malone, who are like two of the less mm, rock-the-boat superstars in recent years. I mean, John Stockton is as non-confrontational as there possibly could be, and Malone is the big, goofy black guy who loves country music. Like, it's he's just... I mean, he's hyper-competitive and super-competitive, but just not a problem child, and both of them are willing to do it, and since they're both willing to do it, everybody else kind of fell in line, and that's why it worked. Yeah, and, but in basketball, it's a much different sort of ball game, literally, because uh, it is more of a star-driven sport than everything else. Uh, in basketball, especially now, if the star doesn't buy in, you're done. If it's like that way in football, baseball, or hockey, it's not quite the same. No, although I do feel hockey coaches are super expendable. Um, but you know, I, I, I'd agree in basketball is still much more players driven league than hockey ever is. Mm-hmm. You know, especially because of the drop down of if your top guy goes down, it's not even close for what will sort of happen if your top right. guy goes down in hockey. Oh, uh, before we sort of get into Eddie Sutton, I, I want to do a little bit of a congratulations, uh, because some postseason awards in hockey just came out. I don't want to forget this. Yeah. Two, two Bruins. Are you counting the President's Trophy? Uh, no, I'm counting the goal scoring and the and the goaltending. Because uh, go ahead, go through them though. Well, I, actually, I just wanted to like give a quick shout out to uh, Edmonton Oilers' uh, Leon Dressidel, and the reason why I do that is no Art Ross Trophy winner has ever not made the Hockey Hall of Fame. So congratulations to your enshrinement in the future in Toronto, the first German-born Art Ross winner. Das ist gut, ja. That I did not know. Uh, I, I know my German hockey players. <laughs> you you big, you big Uwe Krupp fan? I actually am. And I do have a, 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 a the Eishockey-Bund German, German jersey. Which, wow. Okay. Which, which now, rem- I was just saying, because cost... Co- okay. No, I was just going to say, remind me one time to sort of like tell you why I despise the last World Cup of hockey. Okay. On that one, okay. I I will. You're gonna. I will do my best. To, to grant. Um, no, I was gonna say because. Go ahead. We keep talking over each other. You just go. Okay. <laughs> you know what? I'm gonna say it now. I hated the World Cup of <laughs> Hockey because there's no way that Team Europe should have existed. 
Stupid, 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 stupid. What if they won? What if they won? You think the think the people of Germany would be really happy? Hey, we won. Oh wait, we were part of something, some other super group. Oh, that sucks. Kind of like when it took the entire world yeah. to beat us. They didn't really beat us. They all ganged up on us. That's kind of bad segue, but yeah, that's that's how it was. Also, the team, the the combination of Canada USA uh, under under twenty three under twenty three players. Stupid. Mm-hmm. It takes away every – you're not going to see that in any other world tournament. It's bad enough that in, the, that in the World Baseball Classic, you have Team Italy made up of a bunch of people with vowels for your last, for your last name that end it who probably have never been to Milan. Yeah. Well, who isn't it? Tim Tebow is playing for Team Philippines, right? Is he really? Yeah, he was born there. His parents were missionaries. I did not. I did not know that. That's pathetic. Yeah. So, uh. um, no. But what I was saying though was uh, the so the Tukaras and Yaroslav Halak uh, got the Jennings Trophy for fewest goals allowed mm-hmm. uh, since they both played twenty five games. So they allowed one hundred and sixty seven goals in seventy games, which is less than two point four a game, which is pretty damn good. Uh, and Ovechkin and um, David Pasternak split the Richard Trophy. Uh, for, they both had forty-eight. Uh, they both had forty-eight goals this year. So, is actually because the season ended, Ovechkin would have been the first player in nine straight seasons of fifty goals since I think it may have been Gretzky. Uh, but the season ended, so he ended up too short. And he would have uh, got it. He would have got he, it. Uh, yeah, he definitely, he definitely had 13 games left. I, if you don't think Ovechkin's going to score two goals in 13 games, you're nuts. Um, I mean, and Pasternak was, like, had 95 points. He would have been his first season getting 100 points. He had he had 13 games, or he had 14, uh, 12 games to get four points or five points. So, um, yeah, I, I mean, it sucks the regular season's over. The playoffs is an interesting development. Mm, I'm excited. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm glad there's hockey. We'll see exactly how this works. Uh, if you are the Bruins, I think you might be a little annoyed just because you're the only team with 100 points, and yet you have to go through some weird round-robin thing in order to still get the number one seed. Um, but, hey, you get to, at least you get to play. You know, I mean, if you're a 42-year-old Zidane Chara, this may be your last best chance to get a Stanley Cup here. Mm-hmm. So, no, Here's a question I've yeah, never asked you. Just you. Want, you just want to play. Yeah, here's a question. Uh, So obviously, like you're Boston all the way in in your in your fandom. Mm -hmm. When the Bruins are eliminated, who do you sort of like uh, fall in for? Like just under under the hypothetical situation that you every team exists. Um, it would go to it honestly go to the team who at that point would go to the team who doesn't have. who's gone the longest or needs the championship more. Mm-hmm. Um, so probably at this point in the East, it would be hard to say. It, I would not be Tampa. It would not be Pittsburgh. Uh, it would not, it would basically not be that entire division. I mean, except maybe the Islanders, I mean, the Islanders need to have a one, anything in a long time. I have no problem with them winning. Um, the, West in the Western teams, um, I mean, I guess ever since Bork was there, I've always had a little bit of a soft spot for the Avalanche. Uh, but any honestly, any Canadian team that's not the Canucks 
in the Western Conference, <laughs> I'd be fine with that too. <laughs> Why the, the hate Canucks, for the Canucks? Everybody hates the Canucks. It's the one the one thing that unites Blackhawks and Bruins fans is how much we hate the Canucks. I was not so, aware of a Boston based hatred towards Vancouver. Well, ever since we won in twenty eleven and they like burned the city and they changed Boston Pizza, first of all, which is a weird name for any franchise to an American, and the Boston Pizza. But they changed Boston Pizza to Vancouver Pizza or whatever it was uh, for the series. Uh, we, they're just, they're, they are such whiny babies. They, they did that in Montreal, um, too, by the way. Yeah, well, but we expect that from Montreal. <laughs> like, Montreal is, Montreal is always Montreal. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, no, I guess, I guess that would probably be, I mean, if, uh, I actually don't even know, did the Sharks make it, you know, with all these teams? Maybe they may not have, because if it's, uh, that's honestly the real answer. Mm-hmm. If the Bruins eliminate, I want Joe Thornton to win. I'm just pouring some so, more rum here because I've earned it. I feel like a middle-aged housewife <laughs> here or there. I've earned this. I've earned this drink. Yeah, all right, so no, the Sharks don't even make it. No, I, I just know there are 24 teams. I didn't even see which ones they were. Yeah, the Sharks don't even qualify. So I guess I'd have to find, I'd have to find another team. Why not the Oilers? Well, li- you know, living in Alberta win- for five years. Yeah, living in Alberta for five years will make me do that. Uh, for me, it's, it goes by, uh, not that you asked, but I'm going to tell you anyway. Uh, because my team's never in Ottawa Senators, which is really sad that I'm a Senators fan. Mm-hmm. Uh, I go by the fan base. What fan base gives a shit the most and what does it mean more to? Which means, all due respect mm-hmm. to Tampa Bay, I will never cheer for them because they don't care. And it means nothing yeah, to the fans of Tampa uh, Bay. And I, I have to say, a few years ago when we played them in the playoffs, they had a radio host down there on their sports radio who calls his, his fan base the Cow Flux Clan. Ew! Are you serious? And that, and that was... Yeah, and he was like ripping the Bruins uh, all over the place during one of the playoff series. It was the 2013 when the Bruins end up winning and losing to the Blackhawks in the finals. And I was just like, I'm out on you guys. That like that was just. I have no idea if he does Tampa or anything. Like I don't know anything about Tampa sports radio. But there was this one dude, whoever he was. I just remember his followers. He called the Cow Clux Clan, and that was like the main supportive guy behind the behind the Lightning. So forget them. Although I do love Steven Samkos, but for the rest of them, forget them. I, I remember Samkos to another team. Reminds me of something Arsenio Hall once said about the KKK. It's like, how smart could a group be when two of the words don't exist and they spelled clan wrong? <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. The uh, I don't know. Anyway, so yeah. And speaking so and speaking of the Ku Klux Klan, let's let's talk about Eddie Sutton. No, that, no, that didn't work. Don't, okay. don't 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 do that. I, I would erase that and start over. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you'd think I would. I probably won't. But yeah, with Eddie Sutton is. Here's the question I wanted to ask you. Like, he definitely belongs in the Basketball Hall of Fame. Uh, sadly, it's going to be mm-hmm. posthumous because he was scheduled to be inducted this year. Uh, he didn't make it, unfortunately, and that's just how, how that worked out. He was voted in for the class of 2020. Do you think that his the issues that he sort of had uh, when he was sort of like forced to resign at Kentucky delayed his induction a few years? 
Probably. I mean, he won. He was two-time college coach of the year, mm-hmm. which is usually enough. <laughs> right. Um, so, I mean, it, that's that's entirely possible. I mean, he uh, the the way things ended at Kentucky, particularly with the way right after he left uh, and Patino took over in Kentucky, you know, took off. Right. Uh, and the answer is the answer is it's entirely possible. Yes. Because you know, I, I maintain that I think the biggest reason Chris Weber isn't in is because of the issues at Michigan, not because of what he did there, just because of how his history is technically wiped out. Mm-hmm. And that sort of has yeah. dri- that drives me completely mental. And then it just made me think of that when uh, when Mr. Sutton passed away. That was the first thing I sort of thought of is. Was should he have been in a few years ago? I mean, the College Basketball Hall of Fame inducted him in 2011, and he last coached right. in 2008, meaning that he, his credentials were already there. You're basing it completely on a college on a college basis, and we all know that the Basketball Hall of Fame it's got a weird bar. But I have a feeling that some of the gatekeepers, and we don't even know who the gatekeepers are which is one of the reasons of why you and I sort of have issues with it because we really don't even right. know what the committee is. So or is it right. the same type of thought process that sort of delayed him? And it wasn't that anything that happened in Kentucky was necessarily equated to him. It was sort of a bit like Paterno. Uh, there's all this shit going around you and you don't really do anything about it. Yeah. Although, I mean, I, I read more about the whole – so for those, let's just go through the scandal for those who don't remember it. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kentucky was already slightly on probation, and they had a recruit who ended up playing the NBA named, or they had actually a player named Chris Mills, um, who played for the Warriors and probably should have been better than he was uh, in the league. But anyway, uh, so Chris Mills' father was allegedly given a Emory. The, there used to be a delivery service that competed with DHL and UPS and FedEx named Emory. I don't know if you remember those commercials from the 80s. It's as good as there. Anyway, with Emory. <laughs> um, but thank you. I, I remember my commercials from 1987. Um, so, uh, but they allegedly had an envelope, which Emory guys allegedly opened to find that there's a thousand dollars in cash going to Chris Mills father from Dwayne Casey. The, the assistant coach. Um, they then somehow got Dwayne Casey not involved in it. And essentially, Eddie Sutton was forced to resign because they were talking talk about giving the death penalty to Kentucky basketball. Um, in retrospect, looking at this, the whole thing just looks like an awkward setup. Uh, and I just, I don't know how real it was, this whole thing for over $1,000. By the way, Sean Kemp was their top recruit and was supposed to be going to um, Kentucky and end up backing out. Um, but yeah, I, the whole thing was just weird. Uh, and then he ended up surfacing at Oklahoma State, and Oklahoma State was really good and made that Final Four um, in, what was that, with the, with the, with the Final Four that UMass didn't officially make, uh, 1995, I think, with Marcus Camby and oh, Monroe. Oh, God, yeah, I remember. And guys Camby. like that. That ended up losing to Patino's Kentucky team in the Final Four. Although that didn't apparently occur because Marcus Candy got a two hundred thousand dollar necklace, um, but uh, and Oklahoma State was in that, and, and he was he was 
fantastic as a coach. I mean, those Oklahoma State teams repeatedly were competing heavily with Texas and Kansas and Missouri and all those other schools you think more of basketball, but he had Oklahoma State up there and Mm -hmm. at the top of the polls year after year after year. Um, So... And he and he was there as the father figure when they uh, when they they had the plane crash, um, where they lost most of the staff of the team. Um, so yeah, I mean I, you're right. It probably had something to do with it. Although the whole thing just seems strange. Um, so it's to answer your question in a very long winded way. I think yes, it may have had something to do with it, but I don't understand exactly why that scandal would have happened. Like who opens up a sealed envelope just on a whim and like the whole thing just seemed like a setup and I don't know who set them up and it just seemed weird. I think I need to watch blue chips again and then research back. How many kids did Sean Kemp have at that time? <laughs> uh, you mean, you mean on the Antonio Cromartie scale? Ooh, very good. I like that. Yeah. And Trader Camardi got interviewed and and said he had to play because he had he had two of his kids four he had two of his kids four uh, fourth birthday parties coming up two of his three four year olds with three different women who <laughs> were coming up within like a week of each other and I, I was like it. oh my god man I love athletes I yeah. fifty percent of me wishes I was an athlete just to have their lives and the other fifty percent of me says like. You know what? My life's pretty goddamn good. Yeah. Oh, man. But yeah, so RAP to uh, Jerry Sloan, Eddie Sutton. Uh, you know, it's, it's hard to say gone too soon, obviously, because they're, they're both elderly. But in the case of, uh, of, of, of Eddie Sutton, I do feel that way. I mean, I would have loved to have seen his speech. Uh, I'm assuming that he was in. Decent enough health. I didn't hear that he was uh, ill enough that he couldn't attend at that point. I don't know if you've heard anything different. I, I There were questions about it just because of his age, but I didn't hear anything specific about it, so no. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I just want to do, finish off with uh, one other passing that uh, – actually, you, you had one that you wanted to mention before I go into this one. Yeah. It, uh, just by the way, before we get there, Antonio Cromartie has 14 kids. Um, with Does, different women and, and, and he has had a vasectomy. Antonio Cromartie is 36 years old. Anyway, um, so, uh, the last person I want to talk about is the only, uh, I guess the other Hall of Famer that we have in here, um, who passed away this week is probably not named that well known in America, but his name is Ashley Cooper. Uh, Cooper was a, uh, four time Grand Slam winner in tennis out of Australia um, he won the uh, 57 and 58 Australian uh, titles, as well as Wimbledon in 58 and the US, U.S. Open in 58. He's just short of the French in 58 from doing the the, um, the Grand Slam for the year. Uh, but he's a major a major player. He was elected into the uh, Tennis Hall of Fame when he was elected in 1991. Uh, he's Australia Sports Hall of Fame, 1987, and he is an he was an officer for the Order of Australia, which mm. is basically a knighthood uh, in Australia. Um, so one of the one of the greatest tennis players of all time passed away at the age of uh, 83 uh, on the same day as uh, as Eddie Sutton. Uh, so he'd been sick for quite a while. 
right. I just I thought Ash Cooper, not a name who all many of us remember from the annals of tennis. It seems a lot of people's memories of tennis kind of seem to start with the seventies, uh, and they'll they'll remember a few yeah. of the other like a few of the people who exist before that. But Ash Cooper is one of the most impressive tennis players in the particular last half of the fifties and into the sixties. Yeah, so. m- myself included. For me. Uh, Obviously, tennis was around much longer, but yeah, even when I, you, I look historically, it kind of does begin and begin in the seventies, uh, which is weird mm-hmm. because I, I don't feel that way about baseball, basketball, or any other sport. Just, but yeah, you're right. Uh, the pop, uh, the popularity of tennis really hit then. Yeah, it, it starts pretty much with Ash, Borg, McEnroe, and Velas mm-hmm. for people even though it existed before that, but those guys just really brought tennis to a whole other level in, in terms of popularity. And, uh, and yeah, so all the, all the people who came before that, um, it did get a little bit, get a little bit lost. So, yeah. Uh, so I want to touch on the passing that got far more attention than I would have thought. Uh, Hanakamura who passed away at 22, uh, took her own life from cyberbullying. uh, Pro wrestler, uh, I'm, I shouldn't assume, but uh, were you familiar with her before? No. Okay. Uh, so she, I, I saw her first wrestle. I, I didn't never saw her live, but uh, in a company called Ring of Honor, which arguably is the number three promotion in the United States. And you ever just see someone, you know, they have it. That just that it's mm-hmm. yeah, and she she was that person. Uh, when before she passed away, uh, well, she worked for a company called Stardom, uh, which is the largest uh, wrestling com- company in Japan, uh, predominantly of just uh, women wrestlers, and they were just purchased by New Japan, which was the biggest, which was which is the biggest company in Japan. So they bought that company with the intention of essentially taking that to the stratosphere and she was going to be their big star. So she mm-hmm. had just wrestled at the Tokyo dome on the January 4th show. Uh, was it the fourth or the fifth? Uh, it doesn't matter, uh, which is their version of WrestleMania. And for the first time okay. ever, there was a woman's match. It was a pre-show, but it didn't matter. She was still there and it kind of ties in with how she died. Because the gear that she wore uh, was ruined. Uh, did you see how she died, or like uh, like what sort of triggered everything? No. Okay. So she was on a. I, I wasn't aware of it. It was a reality show in Japan or called uh, Terrace House, I believe. Uh, it doesn't matter what it's called. Anyway, uh, she had her. She left her gear in the washing machine for whatever reason. Like I don't quite know the premise of the show, so I apologize to those who. She left, her, she left what in the washing machine? Her gear. Her, her wrestling gear. Oh, okay. Yeah, so I don't know why or how that sort of came to be. It just was. Uh, so it, it was in there, and another one of the house guests. So I guess they could come and go as they please. I'm not quite sure the premise of the show. I don't plan to watch it now uh, for, I think, an obvious reason. Uh, put his clothes in there, washed it, and then just put everything in the dryer and wrecked her shit. And so she was depressed because of the memories of 
you know, the outfit that she wore for this event uh, were destroyed. And also, also it costs a lot of money. Uh, apparently, I think she said a thousand, it's a thousand yen or a thousand dollars. I don't know. But I, either way, I mean, it's, it's still, cu- it's still custom made. And the guy who did that, and I, I kind of felt for him because I've, I, and maybe you've been in this position for too, right? You know, like we do something stupid as guys and we don't know what the hell we're, we're doing something stupid. You know, we're just throwing shit in there. And we're like, you're not looking in the washing machine. And as she's berating him, he's silent. He doesn't say a damn thing. Like he feels bad. You can see he feels bad. I watched sort of the clip cause the, that made the rounds and she came up to him grabbed his hat, just threw it. That's it. That's all she did. She didn't do anything. She didn't attack him. Uh, long story short, if you watch uh, The Bachelor, I don't know if you watch uh, reality shows. I know you watch uh, Masked Singer. I watch Masked Singer. My wife watches The Bachelor, so I'll watch the first episode uh, so I can see who all these crazy people are so when she tries telling me about later, I at least have some idea. But mm-hmm. I, I don't really watch. I watch Survivor. Okay. Uh, I actually watch well, a lot of Survivor then. shows, but okay. not, not The Bachelor. I'll use Survivor okay. as a reference then. Uh, what Hana did wouldn't have been in the top five of any Survivor episode of what people would talk about. In Japan, it's a different culture. So she got berated by people pretty much telling her to kill herself. And then she did. Uh, right before she wow. pa- Yeah, right before she passed on, she sliced up her arm, put a picture of that online, and... Essentially, the cry for help. Uh, she, by the time people got to her, uh, she had already taken. I, I, you know what? I've forgotten what exactly she did, but it was already too late. And you know, for myself personally, that got to me because, like, that was somebody I did, like. I, I don't weep for Eddie Sutton, not because I'm cold, but because he lived a great life. Jerry Sloan, same thing. Uh, when Kobe passed on, I didn't feel so bad for him because he was 43 and he did more than most of us will ever do 10 times over in a lifetime. I wept for his kids or for, for his daughter and for the other uh, yeah. child in there. Uh, Hano is the same way. Maybe because I've dealt with depression. I don't want to go through my own life. Nobody cares. But, you know, I, I've fought through that shit in my life. And at 22, for someone who would have been a star anywhere and everywhere in the world, she could have been a star in the U.S. Uh, she would have been, guaranteed, if that was the route she wanted to take. And it will and hold me account, accountable to this, Evan, because I'm going to try to monitor my own Twitter behavior. We'll see if I, if I, if I do that. I don't know if I can because I'm a sarcastic asshole. But, <laughs> you know, I'm... So, well, well, at least you're drinking again, so that will help. <laughs> I, I think so. I'm far more mellow when I drink. But yeah, it, that, it, it got to me because that she should have been, yeah. a, or she could have been rather, somebody who would have transcended like Becky Lynch did in the last, in the last year. That's what I thought she could have been. I, I really believe that. Well, I didn't know all that stuff, um, and that sucks. That's all I can say. So, 
Yeah, so just one of those things. Uh, I, I guess uh, whenever we're tweeting at someone, and I'm going to hold myself accountable, I'm just going to try to be a little bit better on this show. We'll see how I do. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I honestly don't know. But yeah, that that one really got to me. And that, and speaking of which, I think she might have visited Canada once, which goes to the Canada Sports Hall of Fame. No, okay, I got nothing. I'm horrible. At I, I, I was, I was, yeah, I was, I was wondering how you're going to get there, but yeah, I, I think, I think this is the where we need to uh, to finish off tonight. Yeah, because I, I like the class. The class is interesting. That got into Canada Sports Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, like, just uh, for the Canada Sports Hall of Fame. Uh, for most people, they're going to be aware of Steve Nash. Uh, he's the headliner by every account. Uh, great Canadian basketball player. Never actually represented Canada, I don't believe. Interesting. Yeah. but uh, And the reason I, I wasn't even going to bring it up today because it's not really that big a sports hall. I mean, it should be, but... Right, well... Go ahead. Yeah, I was going to say, there are two other names for you to just go through on there that stick out to me. Yeah, please. Uh, go ahead with that. And I'm not. And I'm going to apologize to the following people because I don't know enough about any of them. But I think we should say them. So, Jackie Barrett, who is a uh, powerlifting special Olympian, Sonia Gaudet, who is a wheelchair curler, Diane Konahowski, who is uh, in athletics, Glory Kane, a golfer, uh, Eric Lemay's and Hickstead, who are show jumpers, uh, Duncan Campbell, who's wheel- wheelchair rugby, Judy Kent in sports administration, and Ross Powis in lacrosse. Mm-hmm. Congratulations! I don't know enough about you to talk about you. Yeah. There are two names that do pop up, both from ice hockey, who I left out, mm-hmm. uh, who I think are very important and interesting people. The first is uh, Willie O'Ree, uh, who is a Boston Bruin who broke the color barrier in the NHL in 1958. Um, so he's 84 years old. He's still going. Uh, he played from 58 to I think he retired in 79. Uh, but he's there have been very low rumblings, but there have been rumblings about having a reason number retired league wide. I don't know if that makes sense. Uh, Robinson was transformed to figure. O'Ree was a good player, but not quite the player that Robinson was that, that would make people kind of look back in awe. But O'Ree is a very, he's a wonderful man. He's all around the Bruins still a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's great to see him getting his due in there. And the other one was Sheldon Kennedy. Yes. Another former Bruin, actually. Um, but Sheldon Kennedy is in probably not as much for his playing days as what he's done since he uh, played. Um, for those who don't know, do, do you want to talk about Sheldon Kennedy's legacy in Canada? Because you could probably speak yeah, more than I can. Yeah, I, I, I do. Uh, Sheldon Kennedy, uh, as a hockey player, I mean, 10 year vet, which is that in itself was very incredible, but. He was one of those under-the-radar guys that unless you're really following hockey, you're not really going to know who he is. Uh, Sheldon Kennedy in the late 90s, actually while he was still active, uh, came forward that he was sexually abused uh, by his junior hockey coach. And this was major news in Canada. Uh, right. Like, like dominated pretty much the headlines. And... It, it affected him as you can imagine it did, and this is when he that was then when James was his junior hockey coach. So this was the first big level athlete in Canada to really sort of talk about the sec, about uh, sexual abuse, and there's stigmas a about sexual abuse, b even worse about same sex sexual abuse. Right, you know, like 
there's obviously, and then if you want to say C, like the machismo of athletics, especially male athletics. And for him to sort of do that at that point was brave in sort of a Rose McGowan level, if I can say. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And so he's a very big name in Canada, uh, always will be, and has remained an advocate for uh, those who are victims of sexual abuse. And for him to do that while playing, not after, he did that while it was still late in his career, but he still did it. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's, I think, a hero in many circles, in my circle, definitely, for, for what he did uh, for the awareness that he brought that, and for probably the abuse that he stopped. Yeah. So, and just to put it in perspective, the guy who you've brought up his name a couple of times, Graham James, uh, just so you know how big a name James was, I don't think in America we get how important junior hockey is in Canada. Like right. a minor league, Kids league doesn't exist. That's important. Like AEU basketball, I guess it gets close, mm-hmm. but not nearly the same thing. But his his coach Jan, uh, Graham James won two uh, junior championships with the uh, uh, the Swift Current Broncos. I'm yep. Sorry, I forgot that. And he was actually the coach. He was the coach when their bus crashed and four of the players were killed. Two of the people who survived that crash actually were uh, Joe Sackick. Um, Excuse me, uh, and and Sheldon. Um, so uh, Sheldon Kennedy. So he and he was the he was the and he was hockey news's hockey man of the year in 1989. Like as a junior coach, he was the hockey man of the year in '89, which basically made him and untouchable. So this, yeah, he was like this isn't just any coach. This is like the coach for junior hockey in Canada that he came out with. Um, and yeah, he rollerbladed across Canada, if I remember correctly, mm-hmm. to raise awareness he did, yeah. and all sorts of stuff. But it's, it's just two, two hockey players who are trailblazers for completely separate reasons, both going in together along with Steve Nash and those other folks who I mentioned. Uh, I just thought that it was time to stop and, and, and appreciate our and Kennedy before we moved on to everything else we're going to talk about. Yeah, no, and I'm glad, I'm glad you did. And, uh, one thing that I'm really because as we've discussed, we're going to be working on the United States Athletic Hall of Fame, our version thereof. I say our version thereof because there doesn't seem to be one, so we're going to do it. Yeah, we talked we talked about the Australian Hall of Fame, and now we've talked about the Canada Hall of Fame, and apparently it's not a, an American Hall of Fame. It's very strange. Which blows my mind. But uh, one thing that I did like of what they did because uh, both Kennedy and Ori, I think you and I both agree are Hall of Famers for this type of Hall of Fame. And I think they put him in the right category mm-hmm. as builders. Uh, one thing that bothered me when Willie O'Ree got into the Hockey Hall of Fame uh, recently was that they didn't put him in as a builder. Because as a player, no disrespect to him, but 41 games is not a Hall of Famer. As a trailblazer, mm-hmm. as a builder, absolutely. For what he did and for, mm-hmm. and for all the crap that he definitely went through. Having said that, in 1958, it wasn't like there was that he broke necessarily a color barrier, but let's just be blunt. There wasn't a lot of black people playing hockey. Probably true. It is true. There, there, there weren't. There's still not that many now. Uh, 
like a, there's a lot of great ones for sure. But at this point, PK Subban, one of my favorite players, uh, who's, who's currently active comes to mind, but it wasn't like he necessarily opened up a door for thousands of people to say like, Oh, I can do this. He opened it for maybe tens. And I, I don't say this yeah. to be a dick, but that's how it was. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree with the not retiring it being wide. I mean, it's not even retired by the Bruins, number 22. Uh, Greslick wears it now. So, uh, yeah, I, I'd agree with that. But, no, he, he definitely belongs in he belongs in the, the, in the Hall of Fame, certainly, but not necessarily the NHL Hall of Fame. Well, I'm okay with him being in the Hockey Hall of Fame. It's just I would have preferred him in this capacity as a builder, not as an actual player. Because as a player... Oh, I'm he, sorry. I see, I, 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 got it. I, I see what you're saying. I'm sorry. I missed something in there. I got it now. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Because like as a, as a player, like not that you want to ever say like who's the worst player in the Hockey Hall of Fame. Sadly, it's him. And it's not even close. Mm-hmm. Does he belong in the Hockey Hall of Fame? Absolutely. Just not in the role that they have him in. Got it. And, you know, that, that's, that's sort of kind of irrelevant, but it does sort of tie in with what I wanted to ask you. And I know you're sort of doing this blind. We prep, like, what, two minutes before each show? And we're, that's never going to change. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's, it's, I think two minutes may be long, but yeah. Well, two minutes and two, tweet, two DMs and tweets. Yeah, I, I, I tell you I'll be ready in five minutes, and then you're like, I'll call you in five minutes. <laughs> yeah, meanwhile, while I'm pouring a drink, and you're probably doing the same. Uh, but it does sort of like uh, tie in with what I sort of wanted to go through. Uh, there's nearly 700 members of the Can- of the Canada Sports Hall of Fame, and I'm a proud Canadian. I love my country, but there is no way in hell that we have that many people worthy of a hall at this point. Because if we're at six, six, seven hundred, and you're ten times our population. 10 times our greatness in turn, no, not 10 times. So, uh, three times, uh, two and a half times longer in existence and probably nearly 50 times greater in terms of athletic accomplishment. What does that make it mean? What does that mean for the U S athletic hall of fame? A hell of a lot more. So we're going to be a lot, you know, yeah, that that we're really behind in stunning (laughs) (laughs) that, but I, I think at this point, so it's sort of like worth throwing out how many people, because we're the co-chairmen. We get to decide this shit. We're going to build up the people who are going to help it out, but we're the ones who decide. How many become in the first class? And I think it should be a not like a relatively big first class. We'll come up with the, the amount of nominees, of course. Right. And maybe we'll. Well, I mean, I think we talked about twenty, right? Yeah. And I think we'll give the Claude Frollo treatment to Jim Thorpe. To who? Jim Thorpe. Because you. Oh, Jim Thorpe. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, I I misheard you. So. Yeah. Because there's a few things that they've yeah. done that, um, that I do like. Uh, one thing that I really love here is that they they do recognize the 
you know, the Special Olympians, do we look at that? I, I think we should, but I'm not educated enough to know necessarily who would be a good representative of that in the United States. But I do think that matters. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I don't know that either. I do know right now there's a Special Olympian who is currently training to be the first ever person with Down syndrome to complete an Ironman. Oh, wow. Saw something on that today. Okay. Um, and they, they, and people legitimately think he has a chance to do it. Um, but yeah, I don't, I, I don't know exactly. Uh, I don't know exactly how we can do that. I don't know if we are smart enough to do that to start. I mean, whoever started well, such Olympics was started by uh, who? Who started the Special Olympics? Whoever that is is somebody we should look at for a builder spot. Well, yeah, and that's that's the other thing I, I want to sort of like look at. Do we like what are the categories that we're going to do? So we're going to have uh, the athlete category. We, you and I, we've talked about sort of the. I guess we didn't really name it. I guess the influencer category for like those who are non-Americans but help grow sports, like Gretzky, because Gretzky was right. a huge part of of American hockey. Uh, Pele, who I think was a big part of American soccer. Hmm. Yeah, at least played for the New York Cosmos as well. Yeah, yeah, but I mean, just doing that, I mean, like, that was a huge part of that. Uh, the modern equivalent being uh, Beckham with the Galaxy. Right. So, so let, me, let me back up, because I think, so we're only looking at people who were born in the United States, not people who competed in the United States. Uh, no, I mean, I, I think if you're looking at your core group, if you... Competed in the United, if you represented the United States. So, like, if you're Wayne Gretzky, I'll use that as an example again. Yes, he competed for the Kings and helped raise the the profile of, of the National Hockey League in an exponential number. I, I I feel, but he's not an American. Well, actually, I think he's dual citizen, but that's but he never. When it comes right down to it, is he an American? No, nobody thinks of him that way. Got it. Whereas, okay. uh, whereas you have an Akeem Olajuwon, who is an American, competed for the United States. That's a different. That's a different story. So I, I look at Olajuwon as an American, uh, Gretzky as an athletic influencer. I mean, we can create our own category. We can do whatever the hell we want. In- interesting. Okay. All right. So what? So where does that put someone like? I just pick Boston icon David Ortiz. So Ortiz would not be considered an influencer, and he's Dominican, so he wouldn't be considered an eligible for athletes either. Yeah, but why? Why couldn't he be an athletic influencer? I suppose he could be. Yeah, because because like if, if Roberto Clemente, Roberto Clemente, absolutely Clemente, because Clemente is iconic. Okay. But you know, and, you know, right. to, especially to the Latin American uh, baseball community, and and he should be. Hell, I mean, he's he's iconic to the baseball community, regardless of where he was born. So I mean, right. I think we got to yeah, figure out our categories, and I'm thinking there's the core category, the athletic influence category, the builder, obviously. But I, I almost. But do we create one where there is? Because because what I want to make sure that we do is that we have. 
there's not going to be as many women in the main core group. Do we have a female category or do we just leave it open? So like if I'm just thinking think of, uh, I, no. go ahead. I, I think, I think we leave it open. Okay. Yeah. I mean, I, 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 I don't think, I mean, there are women who are going to make it of their own accord. No matter what, I don't think having a quota for women or a female category necessarily makes, I, I don't think it adds anything. I think athletes are athletes. Okay, fair. Uh, so then do we also create one for a team? Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we were talking about that when we were looking at the, like a few weeks ago, we were looking at the Hockey Hall of Fame and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I, yeah, I so I mean, so, so like the, well, I was going to say, okay, so like you can say, okay, nine, uh, if we just sort of look at, I don't know, like it's got, uh, anyone who has, like any team that existed within the last, like like 30 years and then before that. So, because like eventually I would think that if, if we go ahead with all of this, the 2019 U.S. women's soccer team is definitely a team to think about, but do they qualify now? I'd say no. If we're going to sort of like... No, they got to wait again. Right. But so you have the U.S. hockey team, 1980. Uh, Texas Western. Yeah. The, yeah. Wait, sorry, Texas Western? Yeah, UTEP. Oh. The, the first ever, the first ever all black, uh, the first ever all black uh, starting five in NCAA history. Went up against the all-white uh, Kentucky team in the 65-66 NCAA Finals and won. Okay. So, yeah, there's so, stuff like that. So then I think we should have a team category uh, where we only induct one yeah. every year. Did you say one? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you broke up for a second, so I didn't hear the number. I'm fine with that. By the way, Eunice Kennedy Shriver. It's the person who found the Special Olympics, which I knew. I, did, I knew it was Shriver. I can remember which one it was because only Maria came to my head. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, so I mean. Anyway, some, yeah, okay. Yeah, so, so, something to so, that effect, was, I think, would have a, a bit of merit. Uh, and there's a whole whack of basketball teams, like in, like in the Olympics. So that would sort of work. You go by uh, four by 100 relay teams that uh, were relevant. Mm-hmm. Oh, well, it's a team. Yeah. So, yeah. Okay. So, right, so our categories so far are athletes, influencers, and teams. Now, what, what are we going to do with coaches and executives and stuff? Okay. Do we have builders separate from coaches? I mean, are, 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 are you saying coaches being on the same with the Gretzky influencers or something else? No, so, something else. So, I mean, so category number one are athletes, super simple. Uh, yeah. Athletic influencers being number two, like the Gretzky, Pele, and whatever. Uh, category number three yeah. being teams. Uh, category number four yeah. being coaches. Category number five being builders, okay. as in like the people who created the Special Olympics. Uh, the people who uh, maybe presided over U.S. Olympics. I don't know. Yeah, like or James Naismith, Abner Doubleday. Uh, uh, Naismith uh, is a Canadian. Uh, uh, but he was he was in he was in uh, Springfield, Massachusetts. 
Um, we claim okay. him. I was just, I'm just throwing out. I'm, I, so I guess he technically becomes an influencer then. I'd say a builder. Because I mean, well, okay, double. Oh, that was, that, well, that, that's, what, that's what I was saying. Though yeah. I was saying he's a builder. Yeah. But you said you said he's Canadian, which would would disqualify him. God damn it! Do we come up with the sixth category? I don't want to do that. No, it's too many. Yeah, I, I think five is the perfect number. All right, so we're doing athletes, teams, influencers, coaches, and builders. Yeah. All right, so we're talking one team. How many influencers? Mm, one. One influencer. How many coaches? Yeah, that one could be much larger. I'd say five. I, I'd say I would say three, but I'd be okay with five. All right, and then how many um, builders? Three, two, three. Well, two, right, two or three. Yeah. Well, so we have five coaches, three builders, one influencer, one team. That's ten. Mm-hmm. We do twenty for the athletes, which is what you're talking about. We have a class of both. Yes. Okay, I'm, but, I'm fine with that. I'm fine with. But I'm fine with twenty, and then ten others. Go okay, ahead. but for year two. Do we have this big group in terms of the athletes? Are you going to do 10 and 10 at that point or 15 and 10? I think so. Yeah. I mean, like, I think you have your 20 or 25 or, big superstars getting in. And then at that point it's 20 or, or it's just less. Uh, there's just something special about being your first ballot class. I mean, there's so many people. Do you do? I mean, the, I mean, we had the ESPN 100, right? Mm-hmm. You don't do the first. You don't do the first five classes of 20 to get the 100 athletes and then go down. You're just saying do 20 and go down from there. And that's what I'm thinking, but I mean, I can certainly change my opinion on that. Uh, yeah, actually, you know what? Maybe maybe it's something you reduce later on. It doesn't have to be the first few years. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, that's something we can. That's something we can debate over time. Let's just get the first year down and then see how it goes and figure it out from there. Um, okay, so and we're also going to be putting this to a vote for people on the site, essentially. Right. Yeah, I mean, like uh, we're going to come up with the committee to come up with those who are worthy of voting, and then at that point, it's up to everyone else. Okay. So I so I think that. If we're going to do it this way, we should have five teams and five influencers, and we whoever finishes first wins. Okay, sounds good to me. Does that make sense. Yep. All right. So then, if we're electing three, um, we're electing three builders. Do we have seven of them? Eight of them? Ten of them? How many? I don't know. I mean, I, I think there's just so much discussion of how to figure out who are some of these key builders are. There's probably so many people we haven't even thought of. Because I mean, let's right. be honest, so, like, because so, like talking about commissioners so, so, and stuff, it's not sexy. It's not fun. So here's here's what I would say: five for the teams, five for the influencers, ten for the builders, fifteen for the coaches. Now we're basically the law call you have fifteen people, and the top five get in. Mm-hmm. And then what, 50 for the athletes and we're letting the top 20 in? 
I'm thinking we have a hundred and let the top twenty five in. Hundred and let the top twenty five. Yeah. Interesting. I don't know. What do you think? I just wonder if that's too many people to vote for. Could be. It could be. Uh, or, I, but even they, tr- maybe even trying to come up down. Maybe. But trying to figure out hundred is hard enough. Like once we come come up with this, it's going to be. It'll feel like next to impossible. I guarantee you. Once we come up with a hundred, we're going to think of a hundred right away that we didn't put in as a nominee. Well, of course, no, I hundred. I completely agree with that. I'm just saying if we're voting on the site, a uh, hundred to twenty five. It just seems like a lot of people to have to weigh. Um, yeah, I mean, it's going to be it's going to be nearly impossible. All right, so we'll, we'll think of the qualifications. I know we're both working on finding people to get involved here. Um, I, uh, I'm i still working with my brother. I actually know uh, an auto racer. Uh, I was seeing if he might be interested or know somebody who might be interested. Um, I have a friend over at, um, at BuzzFeed who I was reaching out to to see if he knew any, any reporters who might be interested, although BuzzFeed doesn't really cover the sports, but any of his connections out there he might know who might be interested in joining and, and being part of this. Because uh, I'd like to have like a national writer, if we can find one, uh, who might be interested in joining with us. Oh, we'll find um, it. We'll find it. Uh, but yeah. by next okay. week, we're going to so, come up with some good shit. I know it. Okay. Are we uh, are we putting the uh, are we going to work on that mostly? Or are we going to go back to the uh, numbers that should be retired? Uh, numbers that should be retired, unless we have another week like this where there's so much to talk about. Fair enough. Okay. Well, I'll, I'll let, I will ponder on this. We'll come up with some ideas. I'm going to just do a quick run through of a hundred and to see what that looks like. And um, I'm just going to do it with people who were. 50 years old or older for my list. Perfect. To give me a number. We can always move it down to 40. I'm just telling you, I'm for my, for my thing, I'm going to do people who were born ni- before 1970. Just make it easy. Sounds um, good. So, and, and see what that looks like and we can go from there. Sounds so, like cool, a plan. And, uh, I'm sorry? Sounds like a plan. Excellent. So I will talk to you uh, next week, man. I'm, I'm hoping you bet. Just please, uh, you know, if I call, hopefully you'll answer. It's all good. <laughs> I haven't not yet. So I'll talk to you later. All right. Take care. Thank you so much for listening and stay safe. Everyone look for new content soon from us at not in hall of fame.com. <laughs>